Welcome to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. I am Jason Kong. Thank you so much for joining us this morning on a Labor Day weekend here. Bill, how are you doing today? Doing great, Jason. I hope you are, and I hope everyone is in, enjoying their uh, uh, the, the, the benefits of their labor, if you will, and, and enjoying uh, the weekend, and at least we have an extra day uh, off uh, to enjoy. Uh, and that's, you know, it's really important for us to have uh, time off and refresh ourselves. It's a respite period, if you will, and, and we all need it. It's, uh, and of course, it's a, even a little more difficult these days because of COVID. And uh, most of us are stir crazy a little bit, if not a lot. <laughs> and so, uh, and our choices are extremely limited in what we do. And of course, uh, we need to take care of ourselves. Uh, we need to we need to uh, keep our distances and wash our hands and wear our masks uh, if we're out. You know, it's uh, but actually staying at home and not getting out at all is just getting old. Uh, and you know, we've got to do it to protect ourselves and others. But at the same time, getting out a little bit uh, is something that we all need to do uh, somehow while we while we stay safe. Uh, but anyway, um, uh, I hope you enjoy the rest of this weekend uh, as well, uh, and with everyone. Uh, let's, let's hope we all can do that. Um, now, of course, uh, we, we have our uh, webinars coming up, uh, which is really important. Uh, so next Wednesday, uh, I mean, excuse me. So next um, Wednesday, uh, we have our two webinars. Uh, the first one will be on long-term care issues that are so important to seniors. And then our second one uh, is on uh, asset protection and, and the use of trusts, uh, which again is a very important topic uh, to seniors as well as everyone else. So um, I hope folks will, will uh sign up and attend. I think folks will find it uh, extremely helpful uh, to them. Uh, today, uh, uh, you know, last week I talked about gifting and, and so many of the issues that uh, are present that, you know, most, most folks think, well, gifting is pretty darn easy. But the fact is there are lots and lots of issues that go with it. But I want to um, start out today about talking about Medicaid and why it is so important to so many people. And the first thing I have to do is to make sure that folks know what program I'm talking about, because so many people confuse Medicaid with Medicare. And, of course, Medicare is something that um, all seniors are entitled to. In fact, we're required to uh, go on Medicare. Uh, and most of us are required to go on Medicare when we turn 65. There is an exception for those folks uh, who are um, uh, uh, still working, uh, for, and they're working for a company with a qualified health care plan. And, and, of course, for those folks, they have to make darn sure that the plan that they have is a qualified plan. Otherwise, they have to switch over to Medicare. 
so, and that's a really important decision uh, to make because if you don't sign up on time, uh, there's a huge penalty, and the penalty gets worse and worse and worse for uh, the delay that you uh, might have. And of course, the other thing that surprises folks, of course, is there's a disconnect today between uh, when you're required to sign up for Medicare and when you might sign up for Social Security, because most of us are wise to delay signing up for Social Security benefits until our full retirement age. Now, for me, my full retirement age was 66. Now, I'm delaying till age 70 because that's what's in my best interest. But for most folks now, the full retirement age is somewhere between 66 and 67. And when those folks uh, who were born in uh, 19, I believe, 59 and later, uh, their full retirement age is 67. So what it, what it boils down to is you go on Medicare at 65, but Social Secu- for most folks, you're not going to go on Social Security until you're 67 or later. So in essence, you've got to pay those Medicare premiums out of pocket, and you pay them quarterly. They, In other words, the government bills you. And you, you pay those premiums uh, quarterly because it's not coming out of your Social Security check because you're not receiving Social Security. So, <laughs> But, of course, Medicare is, that, is a health insurance program for seniors, period. It also applies to folks who are blind and disabled before they're 65. But for the rest of us, we go on Medicare when we are 65. And, of course, even if we have additional health insurance, uh, Medicare is the primary payer, and our additional health insurance is secondary. So uh, so that is not what I, I want to talk about. I want to talk about Medicaid. And Medicaid is a needs-based program. It pays far more than what Medicare it includes Medicare. In other words, Medicare actually covers, I mean, Medicaid covers Medicare and then pays for far, far more uh, than what uh, Medicare actually pays for folks. And of course, the biggest difference is that Medicare and your health insurance does not pay for long term care costs. Um, now, there is one little teeny exception. In other words, Medicare will pay for rehab after a hospitalization for a very limited period of time. And then if you still require care after Medicare stops paying, then you have to privately pay. So um, uh, you, uh, so the, the first thing you have to realize is that Medicaid is, in fact, a needs-based program. So you have to qualify for it. You just can't say, well, I automatically get it because it's not true. Okay. You, you, there's an asset test. There's an income test. There's a needs-based test that you have to qualify for. And the rules are really complex and they don't make it easy for you. That's why elder law attorneys, that's why our law firm stays busy because uh, folks have a, a very difficult time 
figuring out these rules. And, and so this is why I take so much time trying to help people understand these rules. That's why we do our webinars. And, of course, the first webinar we're doing is actually on uh, long-term care programs uh, for financial assistance for long-term care. And so it's like, okay, well, why is Medicaid so important to so many families? Well, you have to understand that there are very, very few families that can afford to pay for long-term care. And you, you, it shocks everyone as to how expensive it is. And so uh, what I've always uh, said in terms of what is an equivalency for most folks in terms of the cost of long-term care, um, and it's equivalent, at least now this is just me talking, but in my experience, and I've been around a long time, I'm in my 45th year of law practice here, so we've been doing this a long time. But in my experience, for most families, a long-term care crisis is financially equivalent to your home burning down to the ground with everything in it with no insurance. That is a long-term care crisis. Uh, And another way to put it is that uh, about half of us will need nursing care in our lifetime. Now, we don't uh, wish that on anyone. You know, it's a horrible situation if you require nursing home. None of us want nursing home. We all pray that we never have to go to a nursing home. But truthfully, about half of us will be in a nursing home and require long-term care. And the average stay in a nursing home is actually about three years. So, all right, what are the numbers? Well, most nursing homes in North Carolina average right now about $7,500 a month. There are nursing homes that are much more expensive. There are some that are a little less, but not a whole lot less. So if we just take that number, $7,500 times three years, uh, 36 months, well, how much money is that? $270,000. Well, Most of us do not have $270,000 lying around in cash to pay for that care. Now, a lot of folks have a greater net worth than that, um, but they don't have the cash. Um, You know, they might have a a beautiful home uh, and other uh, resources, but coming up with that kind of cash every month is pretty hard. And, of course, you're saying, well, we have some income. Okay, you've got some income, but do you have $200,000 lying around? No, you don't. So there you go. Uh, and, see, most families cannot even come close to affording that for more than a few months. Um, you know, when you add in that there are an awful lot of families with no savings at all, it really puts an ask, uh, you know an exclamation by it. But the fact is, is that not only do most folks are not prepared to pay for it, but they don't have long-term care insurance. Uh, Most folks who look at long-term care insurance, uh, oftentimes they've waited too long. uh, And because they've waited too long to look at it, uh, it's just more expensive than they can afford just to buy the insurance. 
Uh, or uh, the, the other thing that happens frequently if you wait too long is you're uninsurable because, and, and it's harder to be insurable for long-term care insurance than it is even for life insurance. So if you've had uh, some something bad happened to you, you know, you've had a cancer scare, you've had some kind of heart problem, you have diabetes, you have knee issues, you know, any of those things can, can basically say, nope, we're not going to insure you. Uh, and so all of that is a huge issue. Uh, in terms of just uh, uh, eligibility. And then most families don't enjoy a support network, you know, where a spouse or children can come in and take care of you at home. Um, You know, there are a lot of spouses who are caregivers until they just are worn out. But, um, you know, uh, it's not like it used to be where your family lived next door or they're in the same house and everybody took care of everybody else. You know, that's not the uh, country that we live in today. Uh, and, and then um, m- most parents don't want to be a burden on their children. Uh, and then the other side of that coin is, there are a lot of kids out there who just run away from the responsibility of, of uh, taking care of their parents. Uh, now, there are a lot of good kids out there, too, that would, you know, do anything for their parents. But, uh, you know, even in a good family, there's a, probably only one that raises their, their hands and say, yes, I'll help. And the other, you know, three or four or however many other siblings, there's like, thank the Lord the one came by because we can't do it. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you know, it's the kind of thing where most families don't have a support network, and they don't have long-term care insurance, and they don't have the money. So, guess what? Medicaid becomes an extremely important program for those families. And part of the reason why we're taking some time to explain this is because there's such a lack of information and understanding about the Medicaid program. And that's why Bill's seminars are so valuable. They're such a valuable resource. They're free to attend. Bill's next seminar is coming up Wednesday, September 9th. That's this Wednesday. Go online to wgalaw.com. Click on the seminars button. There you can register online. Bill's seminars are currently in the form of webinars as we continue to practice social distancing. So all you need to attend is a smartphone or a laptop with the internet access and you're good to go. WGALaw.com and click on the seminars button. It's free to attend. And if you uh, are in fear of a long-term health crisis or maybe you've been thrust into one recently, there are ways that you could qualify for assistance and Bill can help explain that to you. Again, WGALaw.com. Click on the seminars button as the seminars are coming up this Wednesday, September 9th. A quick break and back with more. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Stick around. listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. You can always find more about him online at WGALaw.com. WGALaw.com. Jason Kong here with you alongside Bill Alexander. And Bill, uh, when we talk about Medicaid, uh, it's it's hard to do this show without discussing the big lies of Medicaid. Well, because that's so true. Many. In fact, I, Jason, I appreciate that because um, it's important for folks to know 
that there is so much misinformation uh, related to Medicaid. Uh, and, and we call them, of course, the big lies. Uh, and, and some of it is half-truth, but there's so much misinformation. And so what's the biggest lie? The biggest lie, and I've talked about this regularly, is the fact that uh, the biggest lie is, is you must be poor to qualify. You can't have any property. You have to be dirt poor. Not true. Not even close to true. In fact, the the whole purpose of my webinar is to share with people the fact that you can have property. You can be a middle-class family and qualify for Medicaid. Now, the rules are complex, and yeah, you got to get through the rules, but the, the Medicaid is not a net worth uh, program. It, it does matter what kind of property you have, but you can convert your property from the kind that's countable to the kind that's not countable and qualify. So it, it does take some help. But again, you can be a middle-class family and qualify for Medicaid assistance. Now, the second big lie uh, is the fact that if you go on Medicaid, you will lose your home. And again, that is not true. It can be true. It can be true if you don't seek professional assistance. And so, yes, we stay busy because we do we help folks protect their homes. And you can't wait until a Medicaid recipient dies to get help to protect the home. You have to do it in advance. Now, you don't have to do it in advance of being on Medicaid, but you do have to get help uh, uh, before death because once a, a Medicaid recipient dies, then generally speaking, there's going to be what's called a Medicaid estate recovery effort at where a claim is filed against uh, the Medicaid recipient's estate. And if there's a home in that estate, then the executor is required to sell it in order to pay the Medicaid claim. Now, if the home is not in the estate, there's a lot of different ways of protecting it. And in fact, this lie about uh, the home is why so many people mess up decision-making relating to their house. They don't want to lose their home. Nobody wants to lose their home, and you don't have to if you get help. But the thing about it is people want to try to do it without getting professional help. That's one of the reasons we talked last week about some of the issues with gifting and how you gift or not gift and things like that. But folks want to make darn sure that they don't lose their home or their farm. And so they, they want to rush out and, and find some way to, to uh, give it away, if you will. And that's, that's what, we, what we try to educate folks not to do, to lose control of their home when there's so many other ways that they can protect their home and avoid any kind of Medicaid estate recovery. Um, and, and so, you know, there are a couple things. Now, first of all, you would normally have to transfer the house. But even with Medicaid, you can transfer a house to your spouse. And that's not a penalized or sanctioned transfer. Now, your spouse is the only person that you can transfer property to 
without a penalty. In fact, what Medicaid is looking for are transfers, gifts, if you will, to children and grandchildren. That's what they want to penalize. But to your spouse, no problem. And, and, so, and then your spouse can do things with the property after you're on Medicaid without any problem or hindrance whatsoever. Um, so there are a lot of issues related to the house. Now, what about single folks? You know, you don't have a spouse to transfer the home to or the farm to. Well, again, there are um, techniques that folks can use, uh, even if they're already on Medicaid, to protect their home. And that's something that we do all the time. Uh, it, it does uh, require a, a type of transfer is, that is not the norm. It's not what uh, real estate attorneys do. But elder law attorneys uh, can help protect the, the uh, home or farm, even if you're single and even if you're already on Medicaid. So that big lie is really important for, for folks to understand that there are uh, lawful and proper ways to avoid that Medicaid estate uh, recovery, um, and that it, but it does require help from a professional, and it requires help from an elder law attorney, uh, because most attorneys, most professionals, whether you're looking talking to CPAs or financial advisors or even most attorneys, they don't have a clue how Medicaid works or how you can properly protect your property. That's, that's why there are more and more elder law attorneys who are trying to learn these techniques out there to, to help people. And that's so important to have that professional help. And you do have an opportunity to learn more about Medicaid and the assistance available to you for free by attending Bill's webinars. You can go online to wgalaw.com, click on the seminars button, and there you can register for the seminars coming up this Wednesday, September 9th. It's free to register. All you need is a computer with an internet access and an email address, and you're good to go. WGALaw.com. Click on the seminars button, or you can call the office 919-256-7000. 919-256-7000. More right after this. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. Don't forget, you can always find more about Bill and register for his seminars online at WGALaw.com. WGALaw.com. And we're talking all about Medicaid today, Bill. And there's there's just so much to wade through because there's so much information out there when it comes to Medicaid. Well, there's a lack of information, but it's a lot to wade through. No, no question. And one of the big things for folks to understand is that Medicaid is not one big program. It's a bunch of different programs. And there are, in fact, some programs, Medicaid programs, that are specifically designed for folks who are very poor, you know, very low, low income, very few assets and the like. And then there are other programs that are actually available for middle-class families, for the medically needy, even if they're middle-class. And so uh, there are three programs that come to mind 
for those folks who are middle-class families. And, of course, the, the biggie is Medicaid for those who need nursing facility care. Now, that's the highest level of care, and that's where you go to the nursing home, the nursing facility, and they take care of you there. One of the sad things about Medicaid is that a lot of the money is designed for facility-based care rather than home-based care. Uh, and, And one of the disconnects is that Medicaid at home, the primary original home-based program, is not for the middle class. I mean, you have to be really poor. However, and this is the, the this will just confuse folks, but that's why I say it's a confusing program, is the fact that there are two programs that have the very same rules for Medicaid eligibility that help the middle class that actually allow you to be at home on Medicaid. Now, it's not, it's not Medicaid at home. It's a different program. So there are two of them. One is called PACE, P-A-C-E, uh, and that stands for the Program for All-Inclusive Care for the Elderly. Um, and But... but Okay, how does that work? Well, first of all, the rules are practically the same as if you have to go into a nursing home, i.e. you need to be um, where the doctor says, the PACE doctor, that is, says, yes, you need nursing facility care, but but you have a safety program where you can stay at home. Now, a safety program typically means that you have a healthy spouse at home that can make sure you're safe when you when you're at home or you have a child that lives with you or you have a child that lives next door or down the street and you have some other things that make sure that you're protected that safety program is part of it um, and this is they pace provides um, adult daycare. They also provide um, a very uh, good managed care uh, for uh, its patients. Uh, And in fact, one of the rules is you have to see the doctor once a month, but they also have therapy there. Uh, So they they provide transportation. They come and get you, take you home. uh, And they provide uh, this adult daycare with therapy and doctor services you know, five days a week. So that's a substantial thing. The, what's the problem? The problem is, is that it's not available to everybody. You know, the legislature, even though it's a managed care program and the legislature says they like managed care, but they have frozen the expansion of this program. So if you don't have it in your county or area right now, then you're not going to get it for a while. So for those folks who are in areas that don't have the program, I mean, for instance, in this this area, yes, we have it in Raleigh, we have it in Durham, that is Wake County, Durham County, uh, Chatham County, Orange County has a program, but Johnston County and Franklin County uh, do not have a PACE program. If you don't live in a PACE area, you're not eligible. You have to live in the area where the program is available to you. There is not a single PACE program 
east of I-95 with the exception of Wilmington. Wilmington was, or New Hanover County, was the very first program in the state of North Carolina. But that's the only program east of I-95. There is one in Cumberland County in Fayetteville. Uh, that's close to 95, but it's west of 95. <laughs> okay. Uh, and so all of those eastern North Carolina counties are just out of luck is what it boils down to as far as the PACE program is concerned. But wonderful program if you're eligible and if you have a safety program where you can actually be maintained at home. Then there's one other. Uh, it's called the Money Follows the Person program. Again, same rules uh, as facility-based. In fact, this program requires that you be in a facility for at least three months uh, before you apply for Money Follows the Program. So in essence, you qualify under Medicaid, you're in a facility on Medicaid for at least three months, but you want to go home. Now, who goes to a nursing home that doesn't want to go home? But you've got to have a safety plan so that your family can, in fact, bring you home and you can maintain uh, your Medicaid status. So you do get uh, significant benefits even though you go home. So it's sort of like PACE. You have to have a safety plan. But this is where your family takes care of you 24-7. Uh, um, so obviously the parameters are different from PACE, uh, but this is a program that is a statewide. It's called a waiver-based program. That's why a lot of folks don't know about it. It's, it's a small part of the whole thing, and it has to be reauthorized uh, from time to time. But it's, it's a program that still exists, and it's a program that folks need to know about because it does allow those folks who – can be managed at home but need nursing care to actually go home after they've been in a nursing home for a while. And that's where people want to be. It's a great option to have. And if you want to learn more about these programs, you can uh, sign up for Bill's webinar. Go to WGALaw.com, click on the Seminars button. It is free to register, free to attend from the comfort of your own computer. All you need is an internet connection and an email address, and you can sign up. It's WGALaw.com. Click on the Seminars button, or you can call 919-256-7000. 919-256-7000. A quick break and back with more. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Stick around. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. You can always find more about Bill online at WGALaw.com. Bill, we're having a a fascinating discussion when it comes to Medicaid, and I know you've got a few more thoughts when it comes to Medicaid before we move on. Well, it's really important for folks to understand that, I mean, it sounds silly, but you can't just go knocking on the door and say, I want to live here in this nursing home. Uh, you actually have to be evaluated by a physician. A medical doctor has to fill out a form called an FL2 that says your condition is such that you actually need nursing care. That is 
uh, care from a nurse in a nursing facility. And of course, if you're going to stay in a nursing facility, that is a continuing thing. The doctors have to evaluate you from time to time to say, yes, you still need this care. Uh, now, if you're in a facility, that's pretty much a slam dunk. But let's say that uh, you want to be on the PACE program. Well, the PACE doctor is the one who must evaluate you and say, yes, you qualify as a person who needs nursing facility care, but we will take you into this program because you have a safety program at home that will allow you to uh, take advantage of the PACE program. Or the Money Follows the uh, Person program, same thing. You have to have a physician. All right, so you're getting ready to go home, and they and and you qualify for Money Follows the program, but you also have to have a doctor's evaluation that says you continuously need nursing facility care. Well, it's almost a disconnect that they're less letting you go home, but you have to have a doctor's evaluation that says you continuously need nursing facility care. So I have, you know, oftentimes the... Uh, that, that is a disconnect that you have to make sure uh, your I's are dotted and your T's are crossed to make sure that you will continuously qualify for this program that's so important to people. So, uh, obviously, for folks who want to learn more, our webinar is next Wednesday. I hope folks will sign up for it. This is how you learn about these things. That's right. Just go to WGALaw.com, click on the seminars button. It's so easy to register. And uh, just do yourself a favor. Don't catch yourself in a long-term care crisis like this. There's so many little nuances that there are to learn, and it's much better to learn it in an environment uh, with Bill where it's free and you're you're able to take notes and understand. Go to WGALaw.com. Click on the seminars button, or you can call 919-256-7000. And Bill, in addition to your long-term care assistance seminar, you also have a seminar related to asset protection and trust planning. And I know we want to spend a little bit of time talking about asset protection today. I do. And one of the things about asset protection is that a lot of folks um, – uh, are looking to a way for a way to create asset protection, not necessarily for themselves, but for their spouse and or their children. I, I would say the majority of asset protection that we do is because we want to make sure that our in, the inheritance that we leave our children is enjoyed by our children and not taken away from them uh, by divorce or by creditors or by other means. And so there are uh, some uh, excellent ways to protect our spouse, to protect our children. Uh, uh, or an, another situation that's very, very common is that um, we'll have a second or third marriage and we have children by our previous spouse. And so we want to protect our spouse, but we also want to protect our children's inheritance. We, we don't want to leave everything to our spouse who then remarries and the money never gets to the children. Um, so yes, there are trusts that we can use uh, to protect our spouse and to protect our children's inheritance. Now, uh, oftentimes, you know, so obviously uh, there are some very 
uh, strong techniques that you can use to protect your spouse and children. Only one problem, and that is you have to create it, you have to have the right legal documents in place, and then you have to die. <laughs> okay? So, I mean, yes, all of us are going to die. That's just a part of life. Uh, but the whole point is is that we know that when we die, if we have the right documents in place, that our legacy, our estate, will be used in a way that we really want uh, for our spouse and our children and grandchildren. Now, one of the techniques that we use frequently for seniors, and this is also a technique that we use with Medicaid, so you, you have a spouse uh, that is on Medicaid or likely to go on Medicaid, uh, you can create in your will an irrevocable trust. And obviously, if it's your, in your will, you have, it has to be irrevocable because you can't change it <laughs> after you die. Uh, and so your last will and testament can contain what's called a supplemental needs trust for your spouse. Now, if, if you're creating an asset protection trust for your spouse specifically, then it, and 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 it has and you want an asset protection trust that that allows your spouse to be on Medicaid, then you have to have this trust in your last will and testament. It cannot be in your revocable living trust, and so. Uh, this is where, uh, when we have a, a loved one who uh, needs Medicaid, we're applying for Medicaid, or it's likely that a person will need Medicaid uh, in the next year or two or so, then frequently what we do is we transfer the assets of, of the spouses to the healthy spouse, called the community spouse. And then we change the last will and testament for that community spouse, and we create a supplemental needs trust for the sole and exclusive benefit of the uh, patient uh, or the, the spouse that's not doing well. And oftentimes you have a situation where that spouse couldn't manage the property anyway, uh, uh, and it, it uh, I like to call these spigot trusts because if they're done correctly, they comply with all the federal rules, which basically means they're not countable assets for Medicaid. Uh, they're not limited. It could have $10 million in it. It's no big deal. Uh, and it's not subject to Medicaid estate recovery. So when the patient dies, it can go to the kids and grandkids just like you want it to without any problem. And... The, generally, the children or one of the children uh, will be the trustee to take care of mom or dad who's in the nursing home or on one of these programs we've talked about. And it's not limited. In other words, that all of the uh, income, all of the principal or corpus of the trust can be used to take care of, uh, of mom or dad for the rest of their life. And then whatever, whenever, whenever mom or dad dies, the second spouse dies, then whatever's left in the trust can then be distributed uh, to the rest of the family the way mom and dad wanted it distributed without regards to creditors or uh, Medicaid estate recovery or others. And so 
Yes, it is extremely important. It's based on federal law, so it doesn't matter what state law says. <laughs> it works. And that is um, uh, it, that's huge. That is very it, it's huge for folks to know that that's available. Now, if you're trying to do similar planning for your children or grandchildren, you can do it, but you don't have to do it in your will. And in fact, a revocable trust that creates an irrevocable trust at your death, is the better way to do it for your children and grandchildren. And there's a lot of additional wonderful planning that we talk about at our, you know, in our webinar as to how people can set up those types of trust for not only for their spouse, uh, but for their children and grandchildren. And, and quite frankly, the uh, majority of my trust clients are actually creating these trusts for their children and grandchildren. Well, that makes plenty of sense. And if it's something that you want to look into further, just sign up for Bill's webinar. It's free to attend. It's free to register. Go online to WGALaw.com. WGALaw.com. Click on the seminars button. There you will find links for the two seminars that Bill puts on. One dealing with long-term care assistance. We talk so much about Medicaid today. If that is a situation that applies to you. You might want to register for that seminar. Or, or there's also the Asset Protection and Trust Planning Seminar, which is deals with topics that we just talked about in this segment. Again, go online to WGALaw.com. You can also call the office 919-256-7000. 919-256-7000. And don't forget to sign up soon because the seminars are right around the corner this Wednesday, September 9th. A quick break and back with more. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. We'll be back with more right after this. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. And Bill, any words before we go out and enjoy the rest of our Labor Day weekend? Well, it's somewhat of a no-brainer, but obviously to enjoy any of these techniques we're talking about, you have to have the right legal documents that you get from an elder law attorney. Typically, we're talking about an advanced power of attorney, the right kind of will, and or the right kind of trust. But you can't do it after you get sick. You have to do these documents in advance. So don't procrastinate. Come see us. Find yourself an elder law attorney. And why not find the guy who's won the North Carolina Elder Law Attorney Award of the Year three times. That's Bill Alexander. Go online to WGALaw.com. There you can find information about setting up an appointment to speak with Bill. You can view all the services that he provides. And of course, you can sign up for the webinars coming up this Wednesday, September 9th. WGALaw.com or call 919-256-7000. 2567000. We are out of time for today, but we hope you'll join us again next weekend. On behalf of Bill Alexander, I'm Jason Kong, thanking you for listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Have a great weekend. Mm-hmm.